Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing the fact that Nick is drinking non-alcoholic beer. Yeah? At half eleven in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at half eleven in the morning. <laughs> Nick, have you gone mad? Uh, what are you doing? Why are you drinking non-alcoholic beer? Well, it's February, so it's Monk Month. And um, pray tell, what is Monk Month? Well, for several years now, I'd say mm. probably uh, uh, at least five and possibly as much as ten, I've taken a month off uh, booze. Mm. And in recent years, I've also added to that meat. So, so this month, uh, I've been consuming no alcohol and no. Uh, meat. Well, it turns out it's not possible to drink no alcohol, or, or at least to consume none, because it's in so many foods. Did you know that? I did not know that. Fruit juice, uh, bananas, about one one and a half percent of banana alcohol by volume. Um, so you can get lots of really good non-alcoholic beers. One yeah. of which I'm enjoying right now. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the label, it says it's below half a percent, and that's because apparently it's almost impossible to eliminate alcohol from. Uh, from from all kinds of foods, so you can't cheating, really cheating, really, Peter, isn't it? Well, anyway, you can't yeah. really you can't really decide not to consume alcohol. It's in bread, okay. You know, so so anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't actually know. Everyone says why? Why? What's the motivation? I don't know because now it's just become a thing, mm. and I couldn't not do it now because people would think I'd weakened. Mm. So if I said no, I'm not doing Monk Month this year, everyone would go, "What are you an alcoholic now?" Then most people would go, "What's what Monk Month?" I don't really care, right? No, they don't. Everyone asks you. Everyone asks you about it, and then and then sometimes uh, some people are like, uh, uh, you, you often people will say, uh, oh well, you can, you know. But I'll say no, I don't. You know, I'm I'm not drinking this month. I don't really want to go out very much. Can we do it in March? Um, and uh, people are like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's just one day, does it? And I'm like, no, it totally does matter. Yeah, I'm not you free can't. in March either. Yeah. By the way, Nick, uh, just so, <laughs> I think April's not looking good. But either. I also, I mean, Peter's uh, sniping from the sidelines, but he he did try to take part, but he couldn't hack it. What this year? No, not this year. No, he tried it last year, gave up, went skiing, got pissed. So <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the problem. Skiing always gets in the way. But... No, exactly. So, but um, anyway, so I don't really mind not drinking and not eating meat for a month. I mean, it really doesn't bother me that much. And uh, in a way, that's part of the point is to sort of go, well, yeah, this is totally doable. So, you know, it's my annual kind of certification that I'm definitely not a raging alcoholic. Okay. Um, but I do also like uh, when I, I mean, when I, 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 I'm definitely not a one glass of wine a day person. Mm. You know, I like to have a few beers in a single session uh, and, um, you know, and, and or nothing. I don't. Uh, so this to me, it's like the pattern of how I am going to approach things like this is very much one of all or nothing one of excess uh, and yet you know all the medical advice all the kind of moral advice is very much that moderation is is key mm. and that you should do a bit of everything little and that really this, little bit perhaps that. what i should be do is like be a vegetarian in the week or something and eat meat at weekends or you know not drink from monday to thursday to which i say no that's totally impossible i just couldn't do it mm. couldn't be i'm either not doing it at all or i'm doing it you know what i certainly couldn't do is sort of decide to cut down a bit I don't know how I would do that. I like your style. Um, and I'm the same. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm all or nothing. I'm all out or, or you know, not at all. all in. 
I'm all out or I'm all in. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and you know. Well, you're, you're in the middle of a, you're doing a thing now. I am. So something I've started, so I've, mine, because I want to lo- lose weight and just generally be a bit more healthy. And over the years, I've tried different things. Don't get me wrong, listeners. I'm not some huge sort of whale type person. I'm pretty, I've always pretty svelte, you know, just taking, getting. Not a whale. S- He's a shark. <laughs> well said. There He's we go. a hunk of meat and no mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So just by chance, I happened. I think it's actually quite a thing now uh, is intermittent fasting. I'm actually getting pretty hungry right now, actually, because um, I don't eat uh, after 8 p.m. at night um um, before midday so it's a bit like a gremlin or something exactly uh except i do have water um but um and actually what i like about it is is so i do that every day and and i've been doing that for a few weeks now actually what i quite like about it is although it just sounds like i'm trying to moderate uh my intake i guess i am but what i like about it is just I sort of switch off that side of me between eight and twelve, and it's just really simple. And I don't have to think about it. I don't have to cut back on stuff. And when I when I switch back on again at midday, I kind of pretty much have what I want. And um, and it's that kind of on or off thing that I like about. Yeah, it's it. like a daily monk month, and I totally get it. Yeah. And if you were to say, um, well, what I'll do is I won't eat after a certain time, uh, and I'll try not to have breakfast too early. It wouldn't work. You'd be, uh, you know, you'd 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 get up and you'd be like, well, maybe today's the day I can start at ten uh, or finish at nine, you know, uh, and and it would all fall apart. Yeah. Same with my. It's like if if I just said, well, I'm gonna have a week or two off booze mm. every month. I'd just pick. I'd, I'd I'd either pick a really convenient week or I'd mm. split the week up so that I was doing a day here and a day there, or I'd come up with some other excuse. You know, um, oh, it's uh, February's 29 days this year, you know, so I'll start on uh, February 29th. It's only fair. No, you can't do that. As soon as you start doing that, you know. It's a slippery yeah. slope. But, um, I mean, I guess sort of, you know, although we've talked about it in terms of what we're trying to stop, I mean, I do agree, especially when I was younger. You know, I used to love a drink. And um, and as you say, not just a glass of wine here. Let's really go for it. And some of the most fun moments of my life have been, you know, when I've had quite a bit to drink, they've yeah. been good times. And I am that kind of person. I think you're similar. It's just, you know, as we've said, all in or all out. Yeah. Um, and and this kind of middle path of uh, uh, of restraint and moderation is just boring. You well, know? And who wants that? Well, well, I, I don't do. know. Well, so Peter, let's hear. Peter's being Peter. our moderate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll argue from the... Because I, I, I think as I... You know, my 20s, my sort of teens and 20s, yes... I was a big drinker. I like I like going out for a big drink every, yeah. every you know, more than twice a week sometimes. <gasps> um, but as I, you know, through my last part of the thirties, I've kind of really just naturally started to mellow. And so Nick and I go out for drinks now and again. Um, and I've taken to drinking half pints for every pint of his, <laughs> partly because I can't keep up, but also I just don't like the. I like the sensation of getting drunk, but not the sensation of being drunk. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but... I, I, yeah. So I, I've naturally kind of uh, progressed towards that boring middle road sort of thing, and I, and I, I have a similar sort of dieting regime. So my girlfriend's vegetarian, and even when I, I'm cooking for myself i generally by and large eat vegetarian at home you unless, like your beans you like your pulses i love beans cupboard, unless cupboard I, full of beans because i because I, I, I sort of save the meat eating for when i go out so for yeah. a meal or something i'll yeah. have something cooked for me that's meat because it's by and large better well don't they say that the bean is the meat 
for the vegetarian? Kind of, I guess. Well, what's Maybe. the bean? What's the bean of the vegetarian? <laughs> I don't know. Is that the beans doubling up? Yeah, uh, be, 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 beans have got broad shoulders. Yeah, um, but yeah, but uh, so so yeah, I I I suppose I've, I I I can I quite like this approach. I I I don't think I can handle the 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 extreme. I mean, certainly I, I mean uh, the, but I do do have tendencies for extreme things. So every at least a, once a year, I, I do a, a a sort of expedition with a couple of mountain biking buddies of mine, and there's something great about the fully immersed long long hard doesn't sound great so far um uh expedition so we a couple of years ago went to nepal uh we were there for what from london that's a bloody long way (laughs) well done Uh, we went to nepal we cycled to nepal we 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 were there for about about three weeks and the trip was physically and you know it was tough it was it was quite demanding and that but that was so that was kind of like an extreme that i still enjoy but i don't want to do that kind of all the time I wouldn't want to do that for six months. That'd be too much. I mm. think I think you start you start getting a bit of uh, uh, diminishing marginal utility when you start doing too much of the of extreme thing all the time. A little of what you like is good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just so boring, though. No. Yeah, but I, 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 uh, but I think I've, I think the the data suggests I've got. The millennials and Generation X are on my side. Oh God, I bet they are. Yeah, they. Yeah. they, they, they so I'm. Well, I'm Peter totally, is he's a millennial, but in denial. I'm totally down with the kids, right? Because yeah. uh, so so um, UCL study uh, found that uh, 16, 24 year olds. This is a little. This is about ten years ago now, but uh, there'd been a uh, increase in non-drinkers from 18% in 2005 mm. to 29% in 2015. Jesus, wow. Um, and public uh, uh, health survey uh, for health survey for England, mm. uh, an annual an annual survey, um, showed that the proportion of lifetime abstainers, so that's alcohol and drugs, I think, rose from 9% in 2005 to 17% the, the, in the, yeah, t- 10 years later. Um and uh, just a, a, another little study by Eventbrite um, for the survey of, of their users suggested that dr- being drunk or drinking is just not cool anymore. Mm. This is kind of associated with what uh, what your generation got. You, you, you two. Well, old what your generation like me and Nick do. Are up to, yeah, um, these boozy old and, kids. And it's sort of now cool to do other stuff. I, I don't know what that is. Um, I'm not that down with the kids. Yeah. So yeah, it's like so. Yeah, I noticed this trend when I was at um, yeah, about probably about ten years ago. The younger people in the workplace, I'd noticed that you know we would um, go to a pub, mm. what I would consider to be a pub, and they would call it an old man's pub. Like, and to me, it was just a pub. Yeah. And 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 I just noticed that they didn't particularly weren't particularly interested in going to the pub. But then, I mean, you know, could we imagine in twenty or thirty years' time? A similar podcast with people going, isn't it terrible how young people don't use Instagram and Snapchat anymore? Mm. Uh, I know it was bad for us, but that's how how can you live a full and uh, <laughs> a full and satisfying you know life as a youngster without using Instagram and Snapchat? They're just all down the pub all the time now. Well, like, yeah, what's that exactly, all about? I hope they do. I hope it swings back the other way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think so. I, I had a look at some of the personality factors. So I mean, okay. I mean, ultimately, the question is: What is is it better? Like, are they are all these people who aren't drinking and smoking happier? Well, you might look at all the stuff on the internet about mental health problems that young people suffer and conclude 
that uh, they're not right. But I mean, let's 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 put that aside. And just look at if you look at the personality factors associated with you know, t- and there's not very much data about sort of generally excessive behaviour in general, but uh, there is quite a lot of data about looking at what drives people, for example, to to binge drink, mm. and and the things associated with that are uh, extroversion comes up a lot significantly correlated with it but also uh, low conscientiousness and what um, does that and mean it, conscientiousness is the thing that makes you sort of stick at stick at what you're trying to achieve okay so it makes you kind of knuckle down and and see tasks through to the end and that sort of thing yeah. what what you and i are bad at yeah i was gonna probably. say i can see yeah. this going uh, <laughs> and then um and neuroticism as well it's associated with neuroticism um risk taking uh similar so risk taking is associated with sort of impulsiveness, sensation seeking, um, also sociability and extroversion uh, and aggressiveness. So mm. that, that there's quite I'd say that the more broader thing is the, the risk taking is probably going to be, a you know, a, a sort of explanatory factor yeah. for specific types of excessive behavior. So that's what makes people take risks and what makes them kind of bingy type people. But what actually what makes you happy? Well, if you look at what makes people happy, um, there's things like agreeableness, uh, which drives, you know, sort of the extent to which you're you tend to want to fit in with the people you're around. Um, Emotional stability, which sort of speaks for itself. Extroversion uh, makes is is strongly associated with happiness, but also conscientiousness. So um, basically the risk taking binge drinky types have one element of that they tend to be more likely to be extroverts mm. but um uh which and that it can be a driver of happiness but so is conscientiousness so i think there's basically two ways of being happy and this is a boring middle road if you're you can either be extroverty type yeah or extrovert an extrovert happiness type yeah uh where you're more likely to engage in risk taking and and you'll be sort of open to experience and doing uh you know or you can be the conscientious type where you're kind of stable you uh you know you you kind of work hard and 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 achieve good life satisfaction but you probably don't you'll probably do much less of the risk taking and i and i think that feels right to me like i mean if i think of me and my girlfriend very mm. that would be a perfect description of the difference between us both i'd say we're probably both uh e- equally happy but she she's got this totally different business model yeah. of being really moderate yeah. about things and sensible and uh, whereas i'm the i'm kind of the opposite so you don't want to be an introvert who doesn't get stuff done no that would be really That's bad like the worst the worst that that you're not gonna be having any fun because you'll be you'll be you won't be taking any risks on doing it but also you'll be unhappy so yes yeah, try not to have that. That's the kind of middle of the Venn diagram of doom. Yeah. Well, I know one of the things that um, I was recently doing, I'm reading one of these sort of awful American business books, etc. And one of the things you do is go through your own traits or, or what are your values in life that are important to you? What I realized is something that I really like is um, randomness and unknown and chance situations. That's really to experience. Yeah, that's really important to me. And the, and that kind of because otherwise I get bored and so that sort of ties in with what you were saying about being so it's not surprising that therefore I'm also someone who's I think I'm probably an extrovert um, but also someone who does like you know excess and going for stuff uh, I don't what's my what's my point I don't know it all ties in together I guess it's all part yeah. of the same sort of thing really well I mean there's this so the question is let's say that you wanted to um, 
conscientiousness is a good one, right? Because conscientiousness is one of the traits that's really strongly associated with outcomes. So conscientious people tend to be much better at, you know, holding down jobs, acquiring wealth um, and, uh, you know, relationships. And they tend they to get be happier stuff and done all... and they follow. Exactly. Through, yeah. Right. You know, like Woody Allen said, 90 percent of success is showing up. Well, I mean, they're, they're the ones who show up. So yeah. so conscientiousness is definitely a good thing. But if you weren't conscientious, but you resolved to try to be your entire life. Yeah. Would it be hard? Would that actually just be counterproductive because you wouldn't be living according to your unhappy. own fundamental desires? Okay. So, you know, there's this famous Clement Freud quote, which is if you resolve to give up smoking, drinking and sex, you don't actually live longer. It just, just seems like longer. It, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I and I feel like there is a lot of truth there. Like, you know, we probably people who like who like excess, who like different experiences, who like to do things hard, um, you know, pro- probably try e- even if we were persuaded that it was bad for us, it might be even worse to try and, you know, suppress those desires your entire life. And certainly that's what I, I think I would feel if I was having to live. I mean, if I was forced to have one glass of wine a day instead of, you know, a whole bottle once a week, mm. I would be uh, I'd be miserable, mm, mm. you know, even if I thought it was good for me. Yeah. I, I really think I would be miserable. So I so so I I, I think now that there is a bit of a problem, and I'm I'm now going to pile. This is very speculatively going to start piling correlation on correlation here. Okay, but there does seem to me that there's a tendency for people who are conscientious, people who are emotionally stable, also to be the kind of people who think that um, other people ought to be like that. So I think there's a tendency to try and regulate. Mm, quite pious. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, typified in my view by the, things like the, the British Medical Association, who, you know, are forever trying to get legal changes to make, you know, to impose tax on sweets and, and you know, stop people Bloody from drinking goodness. after 10 in the evening and all of that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that's what it comes out. It's like, look, we, we're perfectly happy this way. So we can make other people happy this way by effectively enforcing it. And, and, and um, you know, whereas I don't think I don't think sort of people like us would would want to prevent people from being mod- from from taking a moderate path. Yeah, I think moderates are more likely to want to prevent uh, us extremists. From, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From, from pursuing that way of life. Um, you're absolutely right. So um, I hadn't realized there's a phrase which I think it's called angry sober or someone something like that is someone who was once an alcoholic but no like i guess you know one always is but doesn't drink anymore they're sober Mm. but they're just really angry about in life because they can't drink right so so what we we can answer this question is it better to 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 to... yeah now i'm not saying the middle east would be a peaceful place if they if they drank booze there but i'm not not saying it no but also what we're saying is is which is better, excess or moderation? Well, it depends if you're an excess type of person or a moderation type of person. I, th- I think it's boring, but I think that might be right. I yeah. think that might be. I Peter's mean, probably quite happy over the there. outcomes. The no, outcomes are worse for for excess types. Yeah, but as I said, you know, you with, a, with, a, with a, you take account of the psychological outcomes and not just the kind of health outcomes. Uh, when you factor in the psychological outcomes, yeah. they might be just better. So, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think we've resolved this. Um, I, th- there's something actually a little anecdote i want to go on to but um is there um anything uh you'd like to chip in with peter no not not particularly okay it's very moderate of yeah. it is very it moderate he finds it hard to generate an extreme view about this yeah <laughs> okay right. so 
Um, I've got a little anecdote um, to round us up on. Um, but first, uh, just a question I want to ask. Silly question. Quite simple. What could you not give up? Peter? I would struggle to give up um, meat. Mm. The option to eat meat. Um I just just food would be a very sad time, sad place without without a meat option. Food and meat. Even though, yeah, even though I, as I've said, I you like your beans. I like my beans, and I sort of um, I'm sort of a flexitarian, and you know, by and large, eat vegetarian. But not being able to ever eat meat again would be very sad. I could give up most other things. I think. Yeah, I, I just find that I'm funny enough. Just just for kicks, I was thinking about just just trying a week out. I've done it before, being vegan next week. Um, but yeah, I just always find just unsatisfied at the end of each meal, yeah. essentially. Uh, Nick, what could you not give up? Well, this reminds me of, you know, that thing of like, uh, you can live three minutes without air and three days without water and three weeks without food. Mm. So just thinking of it in terms of which thing would, would give me the shortest time span before I got, you know, totally uh, desperate. <coughs> Realistically, it's got to be nicotine because that's the thing I've never successfully given up nicotine, mm. and and it it's a matter of always been a matter of days. Even when I've given up and it's been a week or two weeks, you know, as soon as I've gone back to it, I'm like, yes, this is so the right thing to do. You know, uh, <coughs> I just really love it, and um, of course, I'm now a vapor, so I haven't mm. smoked a real cigarette for years. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, the science will come out in favour of vaping, but you, you never know. But uh, watch this but space. Yeah, 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 I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't, Nicotine. I can't manage, it's a daze. Probably I could give up food for longer than I could give up nicotine. I like it. These are good candidates so far. Um, so, you know, we've got meat, uh, nicotine. Uh, my one's really easy. So mine is, uh, my biggest pleasure that I couldn't give up is, is, is this podcast. I just, I just oh, love I love this Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no, our listeners feel the same. Yeah. No, my my biggest thing I, I just tea. I love tea. And the the greatest sort of byproduct of of this um intermittent fasting I'm doing at the moment is because I, I only have water between 8 p.m. and and midday is about 1 minute past midday I have a cup of tea and every day it's just 5 minutes of heaven having that tea. Yeah. I love tea more than ever Could, I did Couldn't before. you allow yourself a cup of tea in the morning? No, because no. You see, that's a typical see, Peter he, thing. He doesn't get typical it, does he? moderate thing. Yeah, he yeah. would go. Peter would go. I'll just have a cup of tea in the morning, and then he would. He'd just have a cup of yeah, tea yeah. in the morning. Whereas you know, we would need that rule. It's got to be roll no, on what's the, the rule? slippery slope arguments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. you just make that part of the rules. Yeah, tea except is unless you unless you know you're in your forties mm. and 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 you, you realise you've been got by the slippery slope your entire life. You know, you've got then you have to put a barrier somewhere. But the thing is, what you don't get is the beast in us needs yeah. this cage we need those yeah, yeah, iron yeah, bars cage the right um just before we finish off i've got definitive proof and an anecdote uh, that proves that um the moderation is is a dangerous Some thing anecdata yeah and is worse than excess <laughs> is that um a few months ago i was in uh, st louis in america um and went out for the evening with a mate of mine and um we were going out sort of visiting a couple of blues bars where they were rubbish blues bars but anyway it was going to be a long night and i didn't want to drink beer because i just wanted to, I, I just wanted to be sensible i didn't want to get too drunk and i just didn't want to feel bloated um and so by the time we had moved on to a, a, a restaurant this um louisiana themed restaurant there um i made the the sensible choice i thought of instead of having beer i would have cocktails um and so yeah. and so the waitress that came, sounds like an obviously good choice <laughs> yeah yeah because i wasn't you know it just made so much sense and so the waitress said what would you like and so and i said well what's popular and she said well everyone likes the hurricane it's called 
and okay, this, um, this doesn't sound good. And yeah. I said, yeah, I'll have one of those. Um, and it tastes just like um, Kiora or something like that. It just tastes just like fruit juice. And um, and I had quite a few of them. I had about four or five. <laughs> and um, This isn't a very moderate story. Yeah, yeah. All I can say is that the next morning I had the worst hangover I have had in about a decade and a half. And, it, and the best night of your life. <laughs> well, the weird thing is, I, I didn't even wasn't even that affected during the night. But my God, in the morning, and then I looked up what was in a hurricane, and um, I mean, everything's in what a hurricane. Isn't in a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So um, and Rum so that's and why tequila and vodka and, and everything. Else yeah, and so that's when I saw the light, and I realised, you know, this sort of false path of moderation just made no sense. I, th- I, I don't think that word means what you think it means, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> okay so on that cautionary tale uh we'll wrap up uh thank you as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast i'm fraser mcgrew been here with peter cockhill and nick Hare of aleph insights until next time goodbye (laughs) 